But taking you back to what you used to be is what caused the issue in the first place. So it's trying to break that cycle and not push and be kind to yourself as well, right? And I found that actually the hardest piece. Like it was much easier to heal gut dysfunction and all of those things because there was a 10-step plan how to do that. You know, you get a almost like a, a bullet pointed list, do these things, don't do these things, but shifting that last piece of learning how to coexist with, with your body, because actually we've got nowhere else to live, right? Hello, and welcome to Enough, the podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Leto. This show is a mashup of inspiration and exploration around what gets in the way of us feeling good enough. If you're a leader whose life looks shiny and together from the outside, but inside your inner critic assures you that you are one hot mess, this podcast is for you. It's time to own your worth, quirks, foibles, imperfections, and all. Welcome to Enough. want to talk to you. In fact, if they could talk, they probably want to tell you that you're on the verge of being fried. You've been doing too much, too fast, for too long, and they can't continue to produce cortisol at the rate that you're using it. Oh, and the lack of sleep and caffeine isn't helping. This is an episode for anybody who feels like they're teetering on the brink of exhaustion, chronic overwhelm, and maybe even burnout. Farzana Nasser is in the house. Your adrenal glands are going, yay, whoop, 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 whoop. Farzana is a nutritional therapist and a functional medicine practitioner, and she's going to get really practical with us in this pen and paper episode about how we can get better sleep, how we can tonify our vagus nerve, and how we can really give our adrenal glands some support. They're working so hard for us. Grab your green juice. I will be right back with Farzana. Farzana Nasser, I am so excited to have you on the episode today. You have so much wisdom to share and we need your help. Thank you for being with us today. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here with you. Tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do before we kick off. So I am a nutritional therapist and functional medicine practitioner. I specialize in gut health and autoimmunity. What functional medicine means is that we're looking to find out what is happening from the root. We're looking at the root issue of why people may be having gut issues, autoimmunity, and the idea is to bring things back into remission and resolve the issue. Which is the perfect reason to have you on. I know that so many people who identify as overachievers or perfectionists will push themselves quite hard. And I know when I was in the thick of my adrenal dysfunction, I had this pattern that I couldn't see it because I was in it. But in hindsight, it was so difficult for me to get out of it. And it started like this. I would wake up exhausted every morning. I would need to heavily caffeinate myself. And over time, it moved from a cafe latte to a cappuccino to something more like an Americano to eventually like 
mugs of espresso to keep me functioning. So there was that need to caffeinate in the mornings. I could drag myself through the day, but around three, four o'clock, I was desperate for crunchy, salty snacks like crisps or peanuts or pretzels or something like that. And around five o'clock, I would completely tank. I felt my mood was radioactive. I was exhausted. I would snap at the kids. And then I would need wine to get me through the dinner hour. And then I would collapse into bed around nine, 10 o'clock into a deep, deep sleep, only to ping wide awake at about two or three in the morning, toss, turn, a torrent of thoughts going through my mind, keep checking my phone to see how long I have to sleep before I have to wake up and be functional in the morning, and then fall into a deep comatose sleep right before it was time to wake up. And my alarm went off and I was like 40 leagues under the sea and needing to pull myself out of that fuzzy state and just sitting on the edge of my bed going, how am I going to drag myself? And then the cycle begins again. Is this something that you see quite frequently? Oh gosh, I feel for you. That's really hard. No, absolutely. That's such a typical picture of so many people who have just been pushing themselves and pushing themselves for such a long time and it catches up with you. It's a really hard issue with which a lot of people face when, you know, and they're feeling burnt out. They feel burnt out. And a lot of it has to do with their adrenals. So, you know, when you're pushing yourself, you're overachiever, you're on go, 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 you're juggling like all these balls in the air. There comes a point where you can't do that anymore, where you're tired. And a lot of people feel burnt out and it's your body's way of trying to slow you down as well. The way it works is, like you say, you start by saying that, you know, you needed the caffeine in the morning. Our adrenal glands are two little kidney-shaped glands just above our kidneys and they pump out cortisol. So cortisol is our fight and flight hormone. So every time you're stressed out, you will pump out cortisol into your system. And that's what gives you energy. That's what makes you up in the morning. But there comes a point where you've been pumping it out for such a long time that your body can't do it or it struggles to do it. And it struggles to get the right amount of cortisol into your bloodstream to give you that energy in the morning. So what do a lot of people do? They'll go for caffeine because caffeine will naturally stimulate those adrenal glands to get them to pump out some cortisol. So... I can imagine somebody like myself at the time, it's like, okay, great. So that's a solution then. But the trouble, that kind of riddled relationship between the adrenal glands and caffeine are in the short run, it gives you what it is that you need. But actually what I'm hearing you say is this is also really overtaxing the adrenals, which are already probably on their last legs. Is that right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So if you think of a car, if, you, if, you're, if it's almost empty, and you keep pushing at it, you're actually using up more gas than you have. And you're going to, it's going to, it's going to stop sooner. Does that make sense? So you're almost empty and you've got a little bit of gas left, but then you're pushing on it, pushing on it. And that's what the caffeine is. It's like pushing on the gas when there's not much left. When instead what you want to be doing is looking to nourish those adrenal glands. So they start to produce cortisol again and look after them both with lifestyle measures and nutritional measures as well. Okay. So because this is a pen and paper, very practical episode, what I'm hoping that we can unpack for anybody who's nodding and identifying as, yes, my brain is going a million miles an hour at two o'clock in the morning. I'm worried about sleep. I can't fall back asleep. I'm watching Netflix on my phone. I'm getting up to do work emails because it's better than tossing and turning. There are some, a few things that we can do to help ourselves 
just, you know, this isn't necessarily fixing the root cause, but what are some things that if, if somebody isn't quite that bad the way that I was and they just identify as like, oh, I'm having a little bit of trouble sleeping at the moment, what are some things that they could try? There are a lot of things. Well, one of the most important things is to help with that sleep-wake cycle. The sleep-wake cycle helps to regulate all your hormones. So if your sleep-wake cycle is off, it's going to have a knock-on effect on all your other hormones as well. So to help with that cycle, the first thing you want to do is probably when you wake up in the morning, get outside, get some light in your eyes, get about 10 minutes of light that helps set your circadian rhythm. It says it's morning. And if you get that light in the morning, even when it's a cloudy day outside and it doesn't look like it's very sunny, there's more lux outside, more light than you'll ever get indoors. So just getting outside, you know, maybe having your breakfast outside now that the weather's a little bit nicer, but just getting 10 minutes of sun on your face And then at the same time in the evening, making sure you're not having, you're not being stimulated by blue light two hours before you go to sleep. So avoiding electronics, your phones, blue light before you go to bed. I know that's quite hard for a lot of people. So otherwise, you know, getting some blue light blocking glasses, because then that's telling your body as well, it's nighttime and it's time to start to wind down. But having that, the light in the morning and the dark in the evening is probably the first thing that you want to do to help reset your circadian rhythm and support sleep. There's a lot of other things you can start to incorporate as well. So with the whole idea that you've got a lot going on and your adrenals are taxed, doing things in the evening that can help calm your nervous system down as well can be really beneficial. So a hot bath, an Epsom salt bath, it's got magnesium in it. So magnesium is your, it's your, it's calming. It's called nature's tranquilizer because it's calming. So having a warm bath can actually make you tired, but you also get a lot of magnesium in that too, to help support the nervous system. And if you have trouble falling asleep, that can actually help you help you fall asleep as well. Cherry juice. We know that some cherry juice is, has, is the highest food source of melatonin. So, you know, having cherry juice can be really beneficial. If you don't want to drink it, you can get the tablets, but having that in the evening can be really great. You know, doing some meditation, breathing exercises just to calm your nervous system down. So there are different breathing techniques. One that I really like is by Dr. Andrew Weil, and it's called the 478 breathing. And if you Google it, you, it comes up straight away. But the idea is you breathe um, in for three, in for four, you hold for seven, and you breathe out for eight. The idea is with any breathing technique that you do, you always want to have a longer exhale than you do inhale. Because when you have a longer exhale, it tells your body that you're not stressed, and it allows it to calm down. So even if you didn't want to follow this technique, you could do like box breathing or any kind of breathing, but as long as you have a longer exhale than you do inhale. But the four, seven, eight breathing technique tends to be really good at calming the nervous system down and you only need to do it two or three times to help. The idea that having a long exhale signals to the brain that we're not in any mortal danger and we can actually relax. Absolutely. So, so there's just these simple hacks that we can do to, to relax ourselves in the moment. I love the thing about cherry juice. And is this just the ordinary cherry juice you'd buy in the supermarket? It's Montgomery cherry. There are a lot of studies that have been done, but you want one that is 100% cherry juice. So some of them can have like sugars and sweeteners added to it, but you want one that's just 100% cherry. And it's a bit tart, but it's, it's, it's nice tasting. You could add a little bit of lemon or lemongrass to it to make it a little bit more palatable. If you're worried about having liquid at night and having to go to the toilet, then they also sell 
like pills, cherry pills as well, because of its melatonin content. Wow. I had no idea. That is completely fascinating. So these are, these are some really interesting tips. And I saw that online, you had posted something about that certain plants can help you to sleep as well. Yeah, absolutely. So they've done studies with the snake plant. It's also called mother-in-law's tongue, but it releases oxygen into the room at night as you sleep. And so that can help with better sleep as well. Amazing. So snake plants, cherry juice, <laughs> blue blocking glasses on, on and meditation as well. One thing that I found on your Instagram feed that I actually tried is the Sensate. It, it's something that hangs around your neck, almost like a necklace, but then it looks like a mouse, like an old fashioned computer mouse. And it sits on your chest and you connect it to an app, which is linked to meditations, um, not, not word meditations, but just, you know, music, sound meditations. And the object vibrates alongside the specific meditation. So they all have slightly different cadences, speeds, um, vibrational composition. And I found that to be really useful. This is not a Sensate ad, by the way, I'm not affiliated <laughs> with them in any way, but I found that to be it's a very peculiar sensation having that on your breastbone. Yeah. I often fall into a deep sleep as a result of that. That's so amazing. Is, is, yeah. that, is that somehow stimulating or tonifying our nervous system? Because if we start now going into what we can actually do to get more into nourishing the adrenals and into discovering what the root cause of this could be, is this a nervous system? Yeah. I call it my meditation vibrator. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Okay, I'm going to remember that. That's brilliant. (laughs) I love it. No, I love the sensate. It's really great. So it is like a meditation app for people who can't meditate. And to be quite honest, if you're in this stress cycle, you can't. You're too wired to sit down and have to clear your thoughts and to calm your mind. You can't do it. And so what the sensate is, it's for those who can't meditate or need support with their nervous system. So what the research has shown is when you use the app, it's got a light vibration and it mimics the effect of meditation on your body by using it. So when you're really stressed and you can't calm down, it's something really nice you can use just to calm that nervous system down because of this effect. You know, whether it's in the middle of a busy day or whether it's in the night and you can't go to sleep. But what their studies have shown is the way, if you use it for about six weeks, it's calming the nervous system down, but it's also um, supporting your vagus nerve and increasing your heart rate variability. Just saying that you don't need a sensate to be able to get the benefits of what Farzana is talking about there. She suggests you can also try chanting. You can try humming, you can try gargling, you can try singing. I think this is when you're doing meditation and they do the om. This is also creating that same sort of effect. So just because you don't have a sensate, it doesn't mean that this can't benefit you. Singing in the shower is strongly encouraged. What it does is increases um, parasympathetic tone. So you're calm, you're rest and digest, and it takes you away from the sympathetic tone, which is stress, go, 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 go. And that's really nourishing and that's building for you. So with the stress depleting you, this is helping to build you up. So it's something really nice that you can use adjunct to nourishing your adrenals, taking care of your adrenals. And we can talk about that and what's going on and you know how we can do that. But this is something that you can do on the side of that just to kind of reboot your nervous system 
and allow it to calm down because it can be really hard when you're in that cycle to slow down. It's very difficult to to actually give up some of those things. I know when when I was in the thick of it, I thought there's no way I can give up coffee in the morning. How am I going to take the kids to school? How am I going to actually function without, I get that they were crutches, but if you were supporting somebody who was identifying with being in this cycle, and yes, they're going to get the cherry juice and they'll do the sensate and they'll do the breathing techniques with a longer out breath. But if we were actually going to start to tackle breaking this cycle so that we can get the proper sleep that we need, what kind of guidance would you give us? Well, first of all, we'd probably want to look at your adrenals and actually see how they're functioning. Are you still pumping out high cortisol? And is that getting you feeling burnt out? Or have you actually started to flatline? And so that's why you're needing the caffeine in the morning. So first of all, actually establishing what's going on with someone. Now, our adrenal glands are so important, not just you know for stress, but they are the foundation of all our other hormones. So if you think of your hormones as a pyramid, you have your adrenal glands at the bottom, okay? If they're not functioning, your other hormones aren't either. So you've got your thyroid on top of that and you've got your sex hormones on top of that, okay? So supporting your adrenals has had a knock-on effect on everything, really. And when we say support your adrenals, the number one thing we can do to support our adrenals means blood sugar balancing. Good blood sugar balancing throughout the day in addition to nutrients. We'll talk about both. So what happens is when we have... We'll talk about you waking up in the night, for example. When we don't eat for a period of time, body should be okay. There shouldn't be an issue. Because what happens is you don't eat breakfast or you don't have dinner or you don't you go without eating for a prolonged period of time. We're supposed to have a constant supply of glucose in our bloodstream. Okay. And if we haven't eaten, it is our adrenal glands that pump out cortisol and that maintains that constant supply of glucose in our bloodstream. When we're stressed out, our adrenals cannot do that anymore. Okay, so you will go to bed at night and you're sleeping. And after about three, four hours, your blood sugars drop and your adrenals cannot maintain that level of blood sugar. So what happens then? Is that what wakes us up? Wake up. You wake up because your body, your adrenals start to pump out cortisol to try to get you because they can't manage the blood sugar level. And that cortisol will wake you up at night. So cortisol opposes melatonin. So what would you suggest for that? Having a snack before bed can help keep those blood sugar levels stable and keep you going, but also doing that during the day. So if during the day you're not eating regularly, so eating every, when you have adrenal issues, you need to eat every three and a half to four hours to maintain your blood sugar levels. If you don't, you are giving your adrenals extra stress and pressure to pump out more cortisol into the bloodstream and that is taxing for them. So when you're, in this kind of like vicious cycle, the very most foundational thing you have to do is eat regularly throughout the day and not just eat carbohydrates, but you need to eat blood sugar balanced snacks, meals and snacks. And what that means is everything that you eat needs to have both protein and fiber and fat in it to support your blood sugar levels. If you just eat carbohydrates, you're going to get a rise in blood sugar and then a drop. And then that's going to stress your adrenal out again. But if you have the protein, the fiber, the fat, that delays the release of sugars into your bloodstream. So instead of getting like this peak of sugar, you get a drip effect. So you get a slow increase in your blood sugars and it stays constant for about three or four hours. And then you eat again. That's why you want to eat regularly 
throughout the day so that you're not taxing your adrenal glands. And that allows them to heal as well. Yeah, because they're not full on all the time. Exactly. So you're taking the pressure off them. And at the same time, you want to nourish them with nutrients that get depleted when they are stressed out. So your B vitamins and vitamin C, every time you're stressed out, your, your adrenals just go through so much vitamin C. And as humans, we don't actually make vitamin C. We actually have to get it from the diet. We don't make it ourselves. So making sure, you know, you're eating foods with vitamin C or you're supplementing. So that is one of the things, you you know, you might think of supplementing. You know, if you have adrenal issues is, you know, vitamin C, your B vitamins and also adaptogenic herbs can be absolutely brilliant. Even in tea form, you know, having them throughout the day, they nourish, really nourish and help rebuild your adrenal glands. So let's go back just for a second before you tell us what you mean by adaptogens, because I think some people may have never heard of that and have no idea what that means. Can you give us some examples of what we could have as a pre-bedtime snack? Yeah. So just something small. So I usually recommend an oat cake with a nut butter and a little bit of banana. So the carbohydrates, and then these foods are tryptophan, which foods, which means tryptophan is are amino acids that help create serotonin, which is your feel-good hormone, which then go to create melatonin, which is your sleep hormone. So they have the raw materials, the raw ingredients in them to help make sleep hormones, which is why I recommend a simple snack like that. So an oat cake, nut butter, and a little bit of banana, which is a really nice, simple snack that you can have Mm -hmm. before bed and take too much prep. Could you give us another example or two so that we don't get completely sick of... of the same. Oak you could have a little bit of turkey on a cracker. You could have cheese if you eat cheese on a cracker. Just any, just a meal that has protein fat, really. So again, taking that idea that everything you eat, what you want to have protein, fat, and some carbohydrates in it. That way it'll keep your blood sugars going stable okay. for a longer period of time. That's brilliant. So going back now to the other way to nourish our adrenals being the adaptogens, what does that actually mean and where can we find those? So many foods are adaptogenic foods. So adaptogen means adapt. It helps your body adapt. So regardless of whether you're pumping out too much cortisol or too little cortisol, it will adapt your system accordingly. If it's too much, it'll help nourish and bring it down. If it's not enough, it'll help nourish and rebuild it. So things like maca have been shown to nourish your adrenal glands, and they've also been shown to help increase DHEA. So DHEA is, it's almost like a pool of hormones. When this goes down, you you feel more depleted as well. So maca can help increase that as well. So I have a bag of maca in the back of the cupboard, and I don't really know what to do with, if it's not a supplement, if it's a powder, what, what do you, how do you use it? I, it has a really lovely caramel-like taste, but it oxidizes quite quickly. So you do want to keep it in the fridge. Um, if possible. I mean, the dose that you're looking at, if you were to take a tablet, it's about 500 milligrams a day to help support the adrenals, or you could just use it in food. So you can add some to a hot chocolate. I mean, you could make a really lovely nourishing adaptogenic hot chocolate with with mushrooms with maca so mushrooms as well that you know 
they're, they're adaptogens as well. And you can put powders in your food. So if people don't like taking pills or they're not sure if they should dabble in that or not, you can just buy the powders. Like you say, you have the maca powder and put it in like a hot chocolate or a smoothie. It actually tastes really good in porridge too. So you can add oh. it to porridge and mix it up. It, it tastes lovely. So you can add it to almost anything. Okay, but keep it in the fridge. Noted. Yeah. Noted. <laughs> also teas like Tulsi are lovely. So Tulsi is really good. Especially if you're quite a stressy person, it can really calm your nervous system down and just makes you feel a little bit lighter. And you could take it in teas as well. So having about three cups of tea a day is a therapeutic dose. So you could have, you know, sip Tulsi tea during the day to help with that. I mean, all these herbs can be taken like in tincture form or they can be taken taken in teas as well. They're quite versatile in how you use them. Ashwagandha is lovely. I think depending on what depending on what's going on with the person, you would choose a different adaptogen. You also get adaptogenic blends where you where they include lots of different adaptogens that you can take, but you usually want to work with a practitioner to make sure you're getting what you actually need and it's the right thing. But definitely using tea bags, using powders, you know, for your hot chocolate. Mushrooms are amazing. So mushrooms, not only are they adaptogens, but but they also help modulate your immune system. So they help support you in that way as well. And you can get different mushroom powders. So reishi, shiitake, and they, you can get some that come in mixes as well. So you can get a little bit of goodness from all different kinds of mushrooms. And again, it tastes really nice in a hot chocolate or in porridge, or you add Who it to yeah, it, these things you can't really taste, but they do give it a bit of an earthy, lovely taste to it. So if somebody were to come to you and they're in this this stress cycle that we're talking about, so they're doing all of some of the th- all or some of the things that you're suggesting, what kind of a time lag are we talking about before before your patients start to see some improvement? It really depends on person to person. So, you know, if it really, if it's just, you know, they're stressed out and they're burning out, they've just got too much to do. It can take maybe three, three to six months. You build, you're building up the adrenals, you're, you know, you're supporting them. And sometimes it can go a little bit deeper than that. So the first thing we do is usually we do a test and look at their adrenals to see what's going on, what is their cortisol like, and then we're supporting their adrenals accordingly, you know, through supplements, through lifestyle. Lifestyle is huge though, because one of, you know, you've got to get some foundational things in or it makes it really difficult. So like I said, your sleep-wake cycle, making sure you're getting the morning light, no screens before, you know, bed. So just getting some of the lifestyle things in, the breathing, doing things to calm your nervous system down. And at the same time, nourish your adrenals through foods, you know, through some adaptogenic herbs, through eating regularly, through being kind to yourself, you know, saying no. So some of these things are really foundational depending on what's going on. However, sometimes the issue can be a little bit deeper than that. So, you know, if things don't resolve once you start working on things, and it's not like an overnight, you know, it does take time. It can take three to six months to support, at least to support, you know, your adrenal health. But if you're not getting any improvement, you know, you want to look at other things that could be an issue. So is there a structural issue, you know, preventing you from being able to go to sleep? Is there mold? Mold is a really big issue because mold will inhibit a pathway that with melatonin production. So you can't go to sleep. So it's looking at that. Is that, could that be an issue? Your neurotransmitters, is that okay? Is there an issue over there? It's a whole 360 degree view. You know, when I say like always looking at the root cause, if we're not fixing things 
you know, we just, the adrenals is looking further than that. So another reason is gut infections. So if you have a gut infection, that may cause your body to release cortisol at night. And that could be another reason that you're waking up in the evening. And the way that we work as functional medicine practitioners is that we do a full case history. So we understand everything that's going on with the person. We're looking at their gut. We're looking at the other systems of their body. You know, not only your adrenals, your gut. We're looking at your thyroid, your cardiovascular system, your liver, your detox. And then you get a really good idea of what's going on. And it might be that that person has gut infections and those gut infections are, you know, increasing cortisol in their body. So it might not just be from you and the stress, you could have additional stress that is also stressing your adrenal glands out, but it's coming from infections that you're harboring in your body that you may not even know about. So it's really, it really is an opportunity to, I'm feeling poorly. I'm not recovering with rest. I can continue to try using smelly candles and pillow sprays and doing deep breathing. But if you're not starting to see some kind of improvement in three to six months, then it might be worth doing a bit more investigation is what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because there are other things that tax your adrenals too. There are other things that prevent neurotransmitters from formation. There are other things that work with everything as well that could be affecting you. One of the things that I noticed when I was going through my recovery was as soon as I'd start to feel a little bit better, then I would think, oh, I can go back to my old ways of working really hard, not taking breaks. And it was what I really discovered, part of the, the biggest learning, and I'm not saying I went into this gracefully, it was, it was quite the opposite, is I was trying to do everything by the book so that I could get back to the old me that I could go to this person who felt she was invincible, that I could just push my body to the limit. As you said, just push the gas pedal right to the floor. And that had always worked for me. So even once I had gotten all my gut issues sorted and you know I had taken all the supplements and changed my lifestyle, I think the thing that was lagging behind for me was still the mindset piece that somehow if I did all of these things, I could go back to the way I was and to the level of productivity that I had. And that for me was really the final frontier was the acceptance and the surrender to the idea that I wasn't invincible, that I was fallible. I mean, it sounds crazy saying it out loud, but just coming into a different type of relationship and a different type of respect and with my body and understanding that it's something that I needed to work with as opposed to just command and say, you know, you will do what, what it is that I tell you to do. Do you have any insights as we come to closing the episode on, because I've, I think for me, this, the overachiever mindset is what I did was I, I did perfectionism on my healing. Like I took my overachiever to the healing and I followed my regime to the T and I did everything perfect and everything right, thinking that it was going to bring me back to who I used to be. And I think that was actually part of the problem. But taking you back to what you used to be is what caused the issue in the first place. So it's trying to break that cycle and not push and be kind to yourself as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And I found that actually the hardest piece. Like it was much easier to heal 
gut dysfunction and all of those things because there was a 10 step plan how to do that. You know, you get a almost like a bullet pointed list, do these things, don't do these things, but shifting that last piece of learning how to coexist with with your body because actually we've got nowhere else to live right and yeah it's it's learning those kind of self-compassionate practices and coming to peace Mm, absolutely hard it's really really hard what would you say to someone who was in this place who is really struggling to practice self-compassion and who's who's grieving the loss of the person they used to be what would you say to them? To be kind. You have to be kind to yourself and you have to listen to your body. And sometimes slowing down actually allows you to speed up because when you can't think clearly otherwise. And when you slow down, you can think clearly. You, when you're calmer and your nervous system is calmer, you can get the same amount of work that you were getting done before, but in a shorter amount of time but with, and, more, and with more clarity as well. I think it's really important for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that piece around the compassion is, is huge. And it's as much a part of the prescription, I would say for me anyway, as the supplements and the tea and the meditation is the point here isn't to get back to who we used to be. Cause as you said, that's the person who made us sick. Mm. And it's, it's really learning that you know, for me, there was a grief there. It really felt like something profound and the whole keys to my success were lost. And I felt like I'm going to be this person who's tired all the time. But I think we're taught that when we're younger as well, that you have to keep busy. And there was like this pride about being busy and having so many things to do and juggling. But I think we realize now that that's not the case, right? Yeah. Uh, Well, I I would hope so. And really what can be, what I'm inviting listeners to take away from this is what's on the other side of treating your body with more respect and listening to its rhythms. And and as opposed to, you know, this is what overachievers tend to do is we push against our physical boundaries because, you know, we're praised for this. This is what makes us limitless and, you know, leaps and bounds like sleep is for losers and all of that sort of stuff go big or go home, no pain, no gain. These are the messages that so many of us have embodied and to learn to bring those rhythms of kindness and respect into our lives are also important. It's so important, but also in, in the bigger picture of things, all these things that we would, you would do to nourish your adrenals. So looking at the lifestyle, looking at you know the food that you take, looking at supplements, looking at sleep, looking at being kind to yourself, slowing down, all these things are also important for your microbiome, okay? And that has an impact on longevity. That has an impact on good mental health. That has a good impact on hormonal health. It has an impact on every single system of your body. So you're working to support, you know, your adrenals, for example, but it's actually having a knock-on effect on everything and working on everything. And the ultimate, and ultimately, that will, that will always get you to a better place and you will feel better as a result of that as well. You just summed it up so eloquently, and that was where I was going in a less sciencey way, but really that there is possibility that things can be even better than they were. And of course, it's important to feel the grief if that resonates with you, if you're listening. That person is no longer the same person that you are now, and that doesn't mean you can't feel sad and mourn him or her, but there's also the possibility that what you're creating with this new way of being and your new lifestyle and your your ability to be conscious of yourself from the neck down 
that we do live in a body, that what if it was possible if that was even better than what you knew and what you were aspiring to before? And I think this is where I am, is I'm realizing that so much of our happiness and joy in life comes from a place of self-acceptance and self-kindness and not needing to push and cajole ourselves constantly and making peace and actually working with this magnificent piece of technology that we live in. Farzana, I ask every guest to lay a brick on the journey to enough. It could be a phrase, it could be a single word of whatever you're present to in this moment for somebody who's who's on this journey, or it could be something that was important for your journey. So if you were going to share one phrase or one word that would be key for your journey or the journey of a listener, what would it be? The one I shared with you just now, you need to, if you, you need to slow down to speed up. That's something I think about daily because, you know, I'm, it's something that I've struggled with myself. And I have found that when I am in a better state of mind, when I have you know, meditated or spent some quiet time, you know, I'm better. I get more things done. The clearer my head is, you know, the better I'm nourishing myself. I get more things done. It's just not in a chaotic mind. It's in a calmer one. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And that's something my mentor always says to me to slow down, to speed up. He had gone on driving fast cars somewhere on these, these circuits that you can drive, like Formula One type of thing. And the driving instructor had said to him, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And I love that. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. It's not just getting in into a race car, for example, and we're, we're using a lot of this pushing the gas pedal metaphor. So it's not just pushing the gas pedal to the floor. Once we know better, we know that slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Thank you so much for playing with us today. Where can people find more of your wisdom and recipes and ideas? Where's the place that you would send people if they wanted to learn more about you? So I'm on Instagram primarily. You can find me on there. My handle's at Nasa underscore nutrition. Yeah, I think. And you've got so much good stuff there. I'm learning from you every single day. So thank you for teaching us. Thank you for being with us. I'm so grateful that you spent time with us today. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. I hope you have scribbled three or four pages of notes after Farzana sharing all of those humdingers of wisdom with us. If you love this episode and you got lots out of it, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review because so many more people need to hear this message and your reviews help people to find the show. So high fives and gratitude for doing that. Next time on the pod, we have Sarah Normandon, and I can barely contain my excitement. She is an imperfection specialist, and here is a bit of what you can expect. A lot of us who are perfectionists are trying to prove ourselves to a very well-meaning parent often who was just trying to to get us, that's how they knew how to, to raise us and to get us to do what they thought was right so that we would be safe and okay is through criticism and it never being good enough and them trying to really, you know, and their own self-criticism. And so there's so much of that, that we keep, you know, and I'm looking at my, you know, my, my husband and I both tend to be sort of, you know, typical type A overachievers. And we're like, on our kid, you know, and we we're like, okay, <laughs> stop, stop. It's okay. It's okay. We don't need to control this right now. 
you know, but we learn to get through life by being good and by doing a good job and always being on time and saying the right things and always being kind and never showing our emotions in public, you know, and to give our own kids the gift of like, well, sometimes you have to, you know, there's, there's reality to contend with, but that you don't have to be perfect all the time. It's okay. It's okay. You'll still be safe. Thank you so much for playing with us today. I'm super grateful that you're here. A big, big shout out to Tommy Andrews for the amazing intro and outro music that I hope get you shaking your hips. Thanks for being with us once again. This is Mandy Leto signing out for Enough, the podcast.